Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my lifestyle podcast, Live Without a Nest. The podcast showcases people who live fearlessly and have the ambition to create something. I'll showcase change makers who have decided to let go of their safety net in order to survive. So let's jump right in. Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my podcast, Live Without a Net. I'm so excited to interview a friend and someone I just met this past year during COVID, Stephanie Vegas. She's an interior designer and president of Pink Print Design and also an owner of Blueprint Building. So she's so busy in COVID doing so many kitchens and bathroom remodels and also doing the construction end. And I also bought a house in COVID, so I'm so curious to pick her brain on how she does all of this, take some tips and just learn more about her. So welcome. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for having me. Of course. So talk about a little bit of your past. Where did this all, where did your passion for design start? So I think I was always, and it's a typical designer answer, but I was always involved as a kid of like, for my room, for my birthday, I wanted pink leopard wallpaper, or I wanted a new bedspread. So it was always kind of in me. Um, My mom is very into stuff into the home. So it kind of like inspired me. But I would say that it just kind of started to grow. When I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to do something in design, whether that was fashion. And I knew that I just didn't like to sew. So I'm like, well, how far can I really get like not wanting to actually (laughs) stitch things together? So I started to really look into interior design. I fell in love with it. And um, I just got a job at 16 in my town in Bucks County, actually, Um, just working in like the local design store, which was actually a firm and a store as well, Uh, just to see if I liked it. I fell in love with it. And then I decided to go to college, which I went to the Art Institute of Philadelphia. I love it. Yeah. It's so fitting to you. I, I find that in PR too, like when it's a part of your personality and your passion, just like I tell younger people, you really have to like what you're doing because otherwise you're not going to be able to do it 24 seven and live and breathe it. Yeah. And I think too, the experience, if you like anything, like I'm actually going through a similar thing with my goddaughter who is, she was picking majors for college. And I'm like, whatever you like, like you actually need to like go have a day in the life of it because it really makes a difference of like, can I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? And that's something that I think a lot of college kids kind of miss out on if they're not already working. You know, right? Like practical application. I had this conversation with someone this week. I went to Villanova, but I couldn't say it was Villanova that helped me get into TV when I was a TV reporter. It was more my internships at Channel 6 and Channel 17 Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. So I think that's so true. And more and more interns, or sorry, students need to realize that internships are so important. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're going to know it's very much like sink or swim. Yes. So once I got through, so actually right in college, Um, I actually graduated during the recession. So it was like 2009, I graduated. So the first quarter that I was in school, I was able to connect with someone to get an internship in design. So I worked for uh, Barbara Eberlein, who's very well known in Philadelphia, especially in Rittenhouse. And I fell in love with her office Mm -hmm. and just like the posh, everything about the firm. Um, So I loved it. So I was very, very lucky that by the time I graduated, when most of the kids in my major were not getting jobs because the design industry got hit so hard, I was able to then be taken on full time, which I was so, so lucky um, to be able to do. So then I started working for Barbara Eberline. And um, throughout that time, I actually met my husband on vacation in Miami. Personal note, we were long distance for a while. So after a few years of working for her, 
he was like, why don't you just come down here and live with me? You know, we're going to see if this will work. So I lived in Miami for a few years, um, which brought me out of like working for a design firm and always being a part of a team. And then when I moved to Miami, I got my real estate license just as like a backup, just in case. And um, then I was, I actually had California closets come to my, um, to my place to actually design a unit for me. I designed it, had it ready. And they're like, Oh, you're a designer. Like you clearly know what you're doing. Do you want a job? And I'm like, I didn't really want to do closets, but they told me it was like so much more. Cause it is, it's a lot of custom bars and a lot of custom work that I didn't have my hands on yet. So I'm like, perfect. I'm basically going to be driving around Miami, getting to know it and walking into people's homes completely alone. And it was like giving me that confidence that I needed from like that small firm environment into like walking into someone's house, like on South beach and like a high rise and being like, this is what we need to do. And like, I'm the only person that you're going to talk to. And I had to like sell the deal right there. So that was like my first big, like, I'm going to be selling myself every single day. And, and it was a great experience for me. It got a little painful when I was like in North Miami and then in the keys in the afternoon. And I was like, okay, like the drive is killing me. <laughs> so that, that started to exhaust me a little bit. Um, but as it just gave me like kind of like what I needed in my life to be a young designer and to just gain that confidence. Um, but I always knew with every job that I took that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew that every time I worked for someone it never felt like comfortable. It always felt like, okay, I'm here to learn, but like, where am I? Like, I was always 10 steps ahead in my head, knowing that I just can't see myself always working for you. I can't see myself always being here because I had a lot of ideas. And with the creative industry, to have creative freedom is such a gift. So when I came back up to Philadelphia and I started, actually started working for um, Toll Brothers for a while. So I was like at a cushy corporate job. I loved it, but it wasn't like what I wanted to do. Um, it was great because I learned a ton about construction and production home design that, um, the structural side was great, all that experience. But then when I was like, okay, like I'm ready for the next thing. It was like every two years I was like, okay, I need, I I can't breathe anymore. Like I need to keep going. So I was actually offered a job, um, back in the city and I worked there for a little bit, but it wasn't, it was actually like a really awful experience. I won't say where I worked, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what not to do and how not to run a business. So that was kind of like the interesting part about it. Uh, but at the same time, to kind of look at the silver lining, I met incredible people, incredible tradespeople that I still work with today. So that was like my little perk of like working for a horrible company, but learning, you know, how rough it is in the design industry and how people perceive it and how people feel that, you know, designers are are coming in one way when it's really should be a different experience. So um, from there, I just started to kind of reconnect to that woman that I, when I worked for that woman when I was 16, we always kind of had like a special connection and I really do love her. I still love her to this day. Um, But at the time I had another job in between. And so she was kind of like, I want you to work for me, but I I want to kind of have something more. I want to retire. And I was like, great. If you want to retire, like I would love to buy your business. So she kind of looked at me as like a protege. So I went out to work for her out in Bucks County and it was wonderful. Like we had a great two and a half, almost three years. And then after three years, I was like, all right, I'm ready for you to go. Like I'm ready to take over. Like that like spirit in me of being an entrepreneur was like, every time I took on a project, I took it on as always. It was like my own company. 
Um, but at the time she wasn't quite ready to let go. She was like, Oh, the company's doing great. I don't want to step back right now. So when we parted ways, I took another job that was like a sales job. Um, so I was coming from like all creative freedom, great design, big, big projects, and then going into like a commercial firm that was more sales. And I was like, I remember driving to work that day and my husband knew, like he knew I wasn't like happy about it, but I'm like, this is what I have to do. This is my next step. And he never really said anything. Like he kind of just was like, let me do my path and see what, like how I was going to respond to it. But I remember I like my stomach hurt going to work. I went into the first meeting and the company was incredible. It was a family owned company where like Aunt Ethel worked in accounting. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Jimmy was like in sales. The cousins were like the admins. It was like the most like wonderful feeling that the first day that I got there, they actually had like a beautiful breakfast for me. They were all like so excited. One of the aunts like invited me for a wine night at her house, like that coming Thursday. I was like, wow, I'm like really in deep with these people. Like I'm joining their family and I really have to be serious about wanting to stay there because I felt guilty of like, I don't want you to invest in me knowing that like in my head, I want to have my own business, but the timing was never right. So I went to my, I went to the breakfast and then I sat through the first sales meeting. And I remember Jen, like my stomach hurt so bad because I felt like I was lying. I felt like it was coming out of my pores that like, I don't want to do this job. How do I, how do I tell them? Like they've recruited me for three months. We've worked everything out financially. It was great. It was like the next jump for me. And I just was like, I don't think I can do this. So I, I, I kind of like thought, all right, at lunch, I'm going to go and like cry in my car and like get, get out these emotions of how I feel that I'm just going to have to just suck it up. I'm going to do, I'm going to tell them like, I'll be here for six months. I'll train someone else, but I have to figure out my next step. And I was just ready to like go to lunch and like let it out and like call my husband and be like, this is, this is how I feel. And my boss came over and he's like, Hey, I'm taking you out to lunch. And I'm like, Oh no, I have no alone time here. Like I need to just sort out my head. So I had to go to lunch with him and they were so wonderful. It was like, literally, like I said, becoming a part of the family. So when I went that whole day, I got in the car And I started driving home and I called a contractor friend of mine and I was like, Hey, I just made a mistake. I just took a job where someone recruited me for three months. Everything is perfect financially. Well, not perfect, but really great financially. And like, I just can't work for someone else. And he's an entrepreneur. He's just always had that spirit. He's always had his own business. So he understood. And I was like, I honestly feel like I can't breathe. Like I remember sitting at in the sales meeting, like if I don't jump out and get and start my business now, I'm never going to know. I'm never going to know what's going to happen. So I remember I was like driving over the Ben Franklin, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So my friend who's, who's, um, who has his own company, he's like, you need to call him now. And you need to break up with him and say, it's not going to work. I'm so sorry. So I did that. And, um, when I went home, my husband's like, I knew you weren't, I knew you weren't doing well. Like you didn't talk to me all day. I knew that you were like suffering. Cause he, he already knew that I started to have like a business plan. I started to have all those things about connecting how I would, you know, carry on. Because when I thought I was going to take over this woman's business, I, I had the pieces ready to go. So it was like ha- going like almost to the finish line. And then like taking, it felt like taking 10 steps back. So I called my boss and he was like, no, you, you, you can't, you can't quit. And I'm like, no, 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 I am. <laughs> 
And he was like, just come in tomorrow. We'll have breakfast. I'm like, not another breakfast. Like I can't sit through another breakfast. And he's like, just come in and, and like, we'll talk. I think you're just having cold feet. And I'm like, all right. So I had to get up in the morning. I had to go over there. And he was like waiting for me at breakfast. And I was like, um, it's not me. Like, it's not you. It's me. And he's like, no, like you can't quit. Like you, 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 you're going to take over the Philadelphia sales division. We're adding a showroom, this and that. And I'm like, I cannot. I was like, I feel like someone is sitting on my chest. I cannot work for someone else. I was almost there. I almost had my own company and I can't do it anymore. And he was like, all right, I think you're going to do great. I wish you the best. He gave me like the biggest hug ever. And he was like, I wish you nothing but the best. And I was like, okay. So then I got back in my car and I'm like, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) I just quit a job. I was not financially in a position to just like, oh, quit my job and, and, you know, see what happens. Um, My parents thought I was crazy. They still think I'm a little crazy because my, I come from a family that's like very like corporate job and moving up the ladder and stuff like that. Um, So it was just very, it was crazy. And I had literally like, I don't, I did not have one client. So I'm like, okay, so that was scary. So then as things started to happen, I just started calling everyone I knew, painters, contractors, this person, this person. And that first month, I remember within two weeks, I had a, I had a client like within the next like week or so. And um, I remember I sold a, a custom bed to a client and what I made in commission for that one bed was like what I made for most of the month in my other job. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I can do this. This is going to be okay. It was like that financial hurdle that I needed to go over. Um, So that was kind of like what pushed me. And like, I sold the bed and I was like, okay, now I have confidence. Like now I can piece it all together. And then, so from there, it's just really grown. We've been a hundred percent word of mouth. We really just started doing more Instagram and things recently, but I've been so lucky to have clients that have referred other clients. And from that, I'm like, for that, I'm forever grateful for. So yeah, I can relate to that story so much. With my <laughs> so I get it. I'm so proud of you. It's awesome. But you know. it, like, I remember my first paycheck on my own gave me confidence to keep going. It really makes a difference. Yeah, it's weird that that little validation and not that I and it's weird because the design industry also changed so much. So like we don't make commissions like that on beds anymore because everyone buys things online. So like that doesn't really happen. But at that moment, it was like the perfect thing for me to say, okay, I looked at the paycheck and normally I would be working at least 60 hours a week for what I just did for this one person. And I felt that relief, like, okay, I'm going to figure that out. And every time, every job that happens, it's like another reassurance. And I think as entrepreneurs, you kind of need that. Like you kind of need that, like, oh, okay, this is working (laughs) like every so often, you know? Yeah. Freedom or financial freedom is one of the best parts of entrepreneurship, I would say, because the sky's the limit. It's whatever you make. You can make Less if you're not putting enough into it, you can make a whole lot of money if you're always focused on it. So yeah, and it's really hard when you work for someone else and you're bringing in all this, all of this money for them. You're kind of like, hey, I can be doing this for myself. Like I like to be an entrepreneur, you have to be working really hard. You have to be working harder than anybody. And it doesn't mean that that means longer hours. It just it is about working smarter. But at the same time, I could not handle working for someone that like, if I left a minute before five or a minute before seven or something like that, that it, it was like trying to please my boss. And I was like, these things don't matter because 
in the world we live in now, our jobs really never start stop, especially like a lot of people that have corporate jobs. Like they're still answering emails at 9.30 at night. They're still planning the next day. They're still digesting that meeting. They're still coming up with ideas. So that old school mentality of like all these people that I worked for that felt like if you left early, it was like, whoa, like, what do you mean? You have a doctor's appointment? And I remember feeling like anxiety. Like I had like a regular doctor's appointment. I was like, oh, can you take me like, you know, late Friday night? And they're like, no, like, no, like we don't do that. We're in office. Like you come in nine to five, like that doesn't work that way. So just that guilt that always like, cause I took it so personally of feeling bad about it that I finally found like, no, I don't have to live like that. And at the same time, as I mentioned earlier with creative freedom, working for someone else, you have creative freedom until you don't because your name is not on the door. So when your name is on the door, you understand that like, I can only go so far and you have a relationship with the client, but you have to have, you can't have too much of a relationship with the client because the boss has to, the person that owns the company has to have that connection more. So it was like all these internal struggles that I had that now when I look at it, like I love my autonomy. I love the fact that I can do what I want. You know, I don't love it that, you know, this Sunday I was up at 530 in the morning sending proposals because I was behind and I was on the road all day on Saturday and I had to get stuff out. But at the same time, I know I can take like two hours in the afternoon and just kind of regroup if I need to. So, so that's the part. And I'm sure you understand that, that like you don't have that in a company and it's almost like you're trying to impress your company versus impressing the client. And so I kind of like that change of the, that dynamic. Me too. I know I'm writing a chapter in a book now and it's all about that, like financial freedom, life freedom and life freedom is what you're mentioning. Whereas if you want to go to the gym in the afternoon, you can or go for a run or go for a walk or go to that appointment. So I completely get it. And I think it, I think it just helps to kind of like center yourself that you start to find like, I used to complain like, oh, I can't go to the gym because I have to be at work at 730 or, and then I don't get home until like 730. And you know, I don't really want to like go to the gym. And I used to like blame it on that. But now I'm like, hey, you need to hold yourself accountable. Like you can build your schedule. So I don't have an excuse. I have some days that I'm like totally strapped of timing of clients and installations, but I have to fully hold myself accountable for every single thing that I do. And I can no longer blame anybody for that. So that's, that's really the difference. Yeah. It's like, you have to get up earlier. You have to do this. It's Mm -hmm. no one, no one else is going to do it for you. Exactly. I completely get it. Um, so talk about some of the fun stuff you're doing. I know in COVID, everyone was staying home. So therefore they were doing home renovations left and right. And I, everyone I know, I feel like is doing something to their house. So talk yeah. about the fun, exciting things. And were you ready for this onset of business? I think I, yes, I definitely was ready. Um, because what, what happened is when, when everything kind of shut down in March, we were at a point where we we're like, okay, people were pulling deposits for installs that were starting in March because they were afraid of like, are we ever going to be able to be allowed in their house again? And people had no idea. So we kind of stopped for like a full month and just tried to regroup. So I just started to kind of rebuild and start to do virtual design consultations. And it would be with people like anywhere. If someone, someone followed me on Instagram and lived in Tennessee and was like, Hey, I really need help. Um, you know, with my home office, it would be a consultation like that. 
Um, but then as soon as like kind of April rolled around, we started to do, um, because as you mentioned, I do own Blueprint Building, which is my construction company. So we were able to piggyback off of Blueprint and just start doing roofing jobs, siding jobs, anything that we didn't have contact with people inside their house. So they would be in their house, like, you know, waving to us through the window. We would slide envelopes under the door. And it was just like, we actually did a master, um, a master suite renovation that we, we, um, we purchased a scissor lift to get to the back of the house. So our guys, including myself (laughs) was going up to the side of the second floor of their house on an elevator lift on the outside and then jumping in through the window so that we never had to go through their house. So it's obviously very different now. You know, we're very, we're in a different stage of the pandemic, but, and people are a little bit more comfortable, especially with vaccination. But we had to do everything. I had to make sure the guys were tested. I had to make sure everyone was like wearing goggles and masks and there was sanitizer and, and it was like random testing all the time. Um, so now, so once that started, it became just renovation based and the renovation started to pick up and a lot of people started doing kitchens and bathrooms, which we do specialize in. So that started to increase. And then I would just do like, I did a really beautiful um, bedroom in, um, for a client in South Philadelphia that the, the, the house is a little smaller. And the client was like, listen, my bedroom is now, and she's like, I have a son. And like, my bedroom has now become my office because I don't want to be downstairs where my son is doing his schooling. So we had to make her bedroom this like beautiful oasis for her that every day that she got up, she didn't feel like she was in her bedroom. So that was really fun to kind of like do something like that. And it was really fun to do something for a mom that doesn't usually want to like spend on herself or, or reward herself in that way. So I've been doing a lot of little projects like that um, and just really great um, renovation product projects. So that's, that's kind of like been the, the role of everything that is leading to design. It actually is starting of like, Hey, I need a new kitchen. And then we kind of spiral and we do living rooms, uh, master suites, all that kind of stuff. So recently we did a, um, a beautiful job in Bluebell. There was an addition onto a house that we did a custom bar into the family room and it's totally fit with like custom drapery, beautiful, um, furniture. And it's all like very, I, as a designer, I do very, very practical pieces because I design for families and especially because I'm a huge dog lover. So I try to do always performance fabrics and things that, you know, kids can throw around and jump on and, you know, nothing's going to be, you know, tossed or anything like that. So, um, so that kind of, that was, kind of the start of everything kind of flowing again. And, um, we do do commercial work as well. So, um, I actually just finished up at, in Malvern, a country club. We did since it was their off season, we did their, um, their locker rooms, which were really, really in bad condition. Um, so we just did their full renovation of like their steam room, the locker rooms, the the bathrooms themselves. So that's kind of just starting to, to close up right now. So okay. I've been, I've been very, very lucky. Yeah, I can't complain. We're always working. We're always hustling. And that's kind of that, that spirit that it just kind of never ends. Cause you never know. <laughs> no, I need tips from you. I know I emailed you once I started with the painting. I started painting myself and then I hired a painter to finish. Cause it's I was painful. It's a lot of shoulder work. And if you're not, <laughs> especially if you're doing the ceiling, that's just like torture. <laughs> All I was doing was brick. I think I sent it to you before. Oh, you did do it. Okay. Very porous. That's very difficult. That that just needs to be sprayed. I didn't. I mean, it's <laughs> but I'll have to get tips after we finish because yeah. I'm, I'm still working on the family room. I want like some type of, I don't know what you call it, like paneling on the ceiling. And I don't know. Okay. I'll send you a picture of what I like. Okay. 
It's a carpenter who does it, but you'll be yeah. able to tell me. Yeah, no, we do. Like right now I have in New Hope, I'm doing um, just all wainscoting and paneling for a client, like all throughout their foyer. So we have trades for everything. We do, that's what I'm saying. We do everything from build, from painting a wall to building a house. That's kind of like the full realm of it, all the way to accessorizing and putting your custom pillows on your bed or your store-bought home goods pillows on your bed, whatever you want. So that's kind of where we kind of look at your budget and say like, okay, where are we going? And really it's a lot of, Con, uh, not convincing, but explaining to the client that when you see these like beautiful things in a magazine and you see all of that like renovation, the best part comes down to all of those finishes. So that's kind of the beauty of marrying construction and design because you have a whole other experience. And that's why from the beginning, I try to say, this is like the real number to finish the project, like to finish it in a way, not that it has to be in El Decor, but enough to be like a finished, beautiful look with like the proper window dressing, the proper bedding, because your sofa and your bed are where you spend most of your time. So we we don't want to give you sheets that aren't great. We want to give you like not the best quality in the world, but something that's going to be really comfortable for you, last you, and at the same time, be healthy for you and your family. Yeah, I'll definitely email you. I need all of that. And <laughs> proof, although he's almost a year, but he gets mud on everything. So and I need mostly all new furniture. So I'm one you of those people. You need to get something that's like a washable performance fabric for sure. I do. And a lot of people <laughs> COVID puppies. So I'm sure you're getting oh. a lot of inquiries about that. Yes, it's very new. And those are the COVID puppies that don't know about separation. <laughs> They're oh totally like, what do you mean you leave the house? Like, we're not in this together. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so what would you say is like the hottest thing right now? I know I know you don't do pools, but would you say it's pools? Or would you say it's like building a portico or building an addition to the house or maybe even like a she shed? Is there anything like really unique people are asking for? No, it's really still a lot of home office. Um, and it's finding ways to diff, like just to change things in the house. I think people spend so much time inside and they're like, yeah, I can paint the living room, but like what else? So that's where it's coming down to like custom millwork. And a lot of wallpaper is really coming back. Um, I, I've been doing a ton of temporary wallpaper, which there's two great lines that I carry that when I say temporary, it can be on for 10 minutes or for 10 years. So when you like, and a lot of people love it for rental purposes. I have a client right now that's renting that had to do the temporary side. Um, so that whole thing is just finding like different ways to put texture and personality into your home. Um, before you're just like, I just painted. And then it's kind of like, all right, now where are we? And, and those are the things that start to expand that people want like a fresh, clean look. And that's that whole clean vibe of like the minimal clean look has been very, very, very popular, especially starting with your kitchen. Because when you've been home cooking for like a family of four and you're just hating your appliances and hating your cabinets are falling apart, if they're builder grade or whatnot, that's been like most of like the phone calls I've been getting. It's like, hey, everything's falling apart here. We need you. (laughs) I know. My gosh, I have so many ideas after talking to you. So how do people reach out to you? I mean, is it just through Instagram? I know it's 100% word of mouth or how do you want people to reach out to you? I should say. So you can go to my website, which is pinkprintdesign.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's at pinkprint underscore design house. Um, and the the Instagram is going to be like our daily stuff. We do a lot of stories about what kind of projects we're working on. I know people love a lot of the before and after. So I've been trying to be more transparent of like, this is how it looked. This is where we're taking it. Um, and just kind of include people in the process. Because I think this whole boom of like 
like the consumers change and it's in the HGTV bubble where people love to see, like they like to see when the contractors are templating for the countertop or how does it really look when you start to rip out that tile? Like, what should I expect from my own home? So I always open my Instagram as like a a full sounding board. You can always ask us any questions. Um, And at the same time, we have our blog on our website, which is called hashtag greenprint because I am a certified cruelty-free interior designer which basically means I do promote vegan design. Now, I am not saying that you cannot have your favorite leather chair or your cowhide rug. I'm not saying that at all, but I do provide options for a safe and healthier home. So if you are a little bit more sensitive to products, that off-gassing is really not good for your health. Um, If you're a dog lover like me, there's a lot of things to learn that there's a lot of products out there unfortunately that do come from China that are um, dogs that are raised on farms and unfortunately made into some, some of our upholstery. And we as consumers have no idea when that's happening. It's not disclosed to us. It's just called genuine leather. Um, So that's something that, you know, being such an animal lover, I had to become trained. I had to figure out what was going on. Um, I have a lot of clients that their kids suffer from really bad allergies so much so that they're ripping all of the carpeting out of their house because the kids just are really struggling. And on top of that, that includes kids that are sensitive to like natural products. So any wool in the house, like any Tibetan lamb pillows or anything you may have that is of, um, if your blankets on your bed are wool, or if your pillows are stuffed with down feathers, that's a little bit of off-gassing that you get from those natural materials not including what those animals go through in the process to be able to have those products made. Um, So I have the blog hashtag greenprint because we try to just educate the consumer on things that I've been in the design industry for more than 15 years. And I had no idea what really goes on. And I had no idea. I literally was someone that thought, okay, they are going to um, they're obviously using the cow for meat. So why not take the cowhide? Why not beautify my mid-century modern, you know, dining room table area. But I had no idea that, that leather itself is a $3 billion industry just for home goods and, and fashion. So that whole thing of, you know, the, the spiral, how it affects global warming, I could go on for days about how it actually, you know, affects all of us as consumers, but it's just kind of starting that, 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 conversation about now I have people saying to me, you know, I'm very sensitive to, I have very sensitive allergies, or I really don't want genuine leather. There are so many alternatives that are actually most of the time, the same price point, sometimes less and even more durable. So it's kind of like finding those products. And and I'm kind of like your, your clue in to say, okay, if you love, you know, if you really want like a leather ottoman, in your, um, in your living room, why not just do a vinyl? It's going to be more durable. The kids are going to roll their toys all over it. They're going to beat it up. The dog's paws are going to be on it. And sometimes you're paying a fraction of the price for something that you're like, Hey, I can always change it out in a few years. If it gets damaged, no animals are harmed and there's no crazy off gassing or anything like that going on. So that's kind of where we've been like pushing the company to just be that voice and, and just to start that conversation. I had no idea. I forgot we had this conversation when we had coffee. So people can learn about this from your blog, right? And be educated. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can definitely go on there. I always provide links to a great company where I was certified is actually called vegandesign.org. It's a full organization where we all go in. It's They have a great Facebook page where they're constantly doing tutorials and little educational seminars just on like cleaning products. And like what you, if you really are looking for alternative healthy things um, and you don't have to be a vegan, like you don't have to say, like you can still be yourself and have your lifestyle. But when it comes to like the products you use, if we live in an age of just great technology and amazing alternatives, like why not use them? So that's kind of this, that, that whole push there. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You inspired me so much and I'm sure you. you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course, everyone reach out to Stephanie for your home and construction design. And thank you again. And look for our podcast coming soon in the next couple of weeks. Thanks a lot, Stephanie. Thanks, Jen. Okay, have a good day. You too. <laughs> Well, that's it for now. Thanks everyone for joining us. Please reach out to me so I can feature you on my show. I do respond to everyone. You can find me on my Instagram at Jennifer Sherlock or my business Instagram at Jenna.com. And check out our new website coming soon, livewithoutanet.com. Thanks again. And I look forward to taking risks with you.